When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claren Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claren Blue podcast. I'm Good Darren Hansen with my microphone now on and in the right position, joined by Ashley Priest this afternoon uh, in a nice jumbo shirt combination. You can tell you've been to an in-person press conference today and not a Zoom one anymore. Uh, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, um, I usually rock up at Ballymore pretty casual, really. So I've, I've had a talk with Birmingham Uni students this morning. Oh. They wanted they wanted to get me in. Um, I've got some admirers, apparently. I don't know. Yeah, mental. But um, sp- spoke about the yeah the pressures, the the job today, sports journalism, sports reporting on Villa, and um, yeah, loads of good questions. So that was really good. Never done anything like that before. They asked me about the club stuff, the the Greeley's backlash, and yeah, we had good chats and. And yeah, I quite enjoyed it really. Um, so I was there this morning and uh, straight over to Bodymore then, so half an hour away. So yeah, I'm a bit uh, professional today. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I've done a, done, yeah, done a proper day's work, as they say. <laughs> nice, like it. I've turned up in a, a tracky top, which you couldn't really turn up to Bodymore in without looking like a bit of a weirdo. That's the um, Remy Guard area, that one. Remy shot. Guard. Shout out to our colleague, Rich Cusack. He sent it to me in the post. It arrived this morning, so I said I'd uh, give him a shout out and wear it on the pod. I wear stuff like this for running and gym and whatever yeah, yeah. else. I prefer like the tracky tops rather than the shirts. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big lad. The shirts don't fit very well, so I prefer, prefer a nice um, baggy jumper. So I said, yeah, shout out to Rich for that. D- yeah, I don't know what era, 2012, 13, I was thinking of, but it probably no, is a bit later. 2015, relegation year, Dan. The relegation year. <laughs> I think yeah. it is. I remember Eric Black wearing that. Remy Guard. Yeah, not, not a good, not a good look, Dan. Oh, okay. I'll probably never wear this on the podcast again. Then not a great <laughs> omen, is it? I thought it was a bit earlier than that. Oh well, it's comfy, <laughs> which is a good thing. Um, anyway, let's talk about the press conference. As you said, you've been there this morning. Um, we'll try and rattle through this in the next fifteen or twenty minutes or so. Strange atmosphere at the moment, I guess, between supporters and, and the club, which we've talked about on, on podcasts for the last couple of weeks or so. But the mood within the camp and at Bodymore is this kind of defiant. We're all in this together. We'll change it. We back ourselves. Is that the impression that that comes across in the room when you're there? Yes, yes. In Matt Kendrick's tweet, uh, ever the comic Matt, he, what did he say um, about the Villa admins? <laughs> Thoughts with the Villa admins yeah. at this moment in time. But uh, yeah, we've seen the social media reaction. It's, it's not a happy place at the moment. Um, very negative on social media. But take your way out of that. I was at Bodymore today. Um, the vibe's good, mood's good, would you believe, Dan? It's, it's positive. And Gerard fully believes he's one result away from it all looking okay again. Um, he's, yeah, big big week. We know it's massive tomorrow, huge. Mm-hmm. Career defining probably for Gerard, perhaps. Lose down there, I can't see a way back. Win down there, it's back on again. I think Gerard knows, knows that challenge. I've got a story dropping at five o'clock in Bargo. Gerard detailing talks with, with one owner. He didn't name the owner. He had a talk with one owner this week. So I believe it's Suarez. Suarez. Who's basically... Suarez. The, Suarez. <laughs> Suarez. I know, I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, who's, who's based in London anyway. So there's a good chance he'll be at the game tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Nassif. We'll do Nassif easier. Um, so he's, he's spoken to the owners this week. And, and the general feeling is 
they play well against Chelsea, unstuck. I know we're bored of hearing it now. We need results, we know that. But um, yeah, Gerald feels Villa are a win away from going on, from putting a run together and really getting things back back on getting being back 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 on board kind of thing. So yeah, Gerald was good. Um, he had a bit of banter with me. I walked in. He said Cameron Archer's available. Ash, out the blue. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think he's fully aware of the what's been happening there. I didn't say anything. He said Cameron Archer's back. He'd be pleased to know. Ash. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he caught me by surprise there. But yeah, the mood's good. Gerard's good value. He's very detailed with his answers, which I know, I know a lot of managers aren't, and a lot of managers are quite spiky. Klopp being one of them, to hmm. the press. So, okay, supporters want me want to want me to be a bit harder with the manager and ask the hard questions. I do. I asked about the what's the feedback been from the owners this week, and Gerard was peppered with how you deal with the pressure. Do you, how do you think the, the season's gone so far? So he's he's had all the the questions fired at him. But the, yeah, same same response to pretty most much all of them. Bullish response, not hiding. He wants to be judging the now as well. Things haven't been good enough, um, and it's it's important to have a positive positive few days now. Fulham and then Brentford. Mm. Well documented. We need we need we need a win out of those two minimum. So um, now or never, I think um, fair to say. But we'll see. From my understanding, Gerald's got the backing from 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 those above him. To turn things around, so he believes a one result away from that happening, and it could be tomorrow. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We're still on this kind of knife edge you know, period that yeah. we talked about a lot. You know, if we beat Fulham but lose to Brentford. You still think, well, it's only three points out of two winnable games. Is that enough? And you, you know, kind of play it by ear and see what happens. Whether it's the long term backing in terms of, yeah, right, yeah, you've got another ten games, fifteen games to really show us what you can do. Or whether it is just an immediate, right, you've got to get six points from the next nine or, or whatever. I'm not so sure. Um, just want to talk about not specifically any comments from this today's press as far as I know, but kind of Gerard's general demeanour over the last few weeks. I've said in the last preview we did about there's a few comments I didn't like and being a bit spiky or whatever. So it's only fair that I kind of flip the other way. And this was a comment that I saw on, on social media that I'd not said anywhere myself, but thought, yeah, I agree with that. I don't know who it was. But I said, like, as much as he's under pressure and the fan base and him maybe don't get get on or whatever, and there's a bit of bit of atmosphere there. There's been no point, as far as I'm aware anyway, where Gerard has had a go at the fans or said anything about the fans or kind of bemoaned them booing that, you know, who do they think they are kind of thing. You know, you Graham Potter last year with the Brighton fans saying, you know, yeah. what do they expect or whatever. You've had it with previous Villa managers in the past kind of thinking that they know better. Gerard has never thrown the fans under the bus. He's, he has fronted any kind of criticism. He's understood why people are booing. He understands why there's negative social media stuff. And that he's, the fact he's not hidden away from that, and don't get me wrong, that doesn't excuse his kind of failings as a manager so far let's be brutal about it we're worse off than we were when he took over I don't want to excuse any of that or people think oh well, he's nice in press conferences so that that kind of excu- excludes that excuses that sorry because it doesn't but that's the one kind of thing that I'll say about him and his personality is that he's not had to go back at the fans yet when you know 35 36 game in charge he could come out fighting and swinging and going well look I'll, I'm trying I'm here I'm, I'm trying to do this Booze don't help. We need the fans on our side, etc. But he's gone. No, hold my hands up. I understand why they're booing. I am working hard to fix it, and that's a, a thing that I will give him credit for. Yeah, you should look at previous managers who, who've turned on the fans. Steve Bruce, I think, did. I think mm. Lambert, Lambert as well. Right had a pop at the fans, um, but Gerard's kept his cool, kept his nerve, and he hasn't hasn't beat, hasn't nibbled at the, at the criticism fired his way. So that's been a positive. He was aware that the group in the Holt end. 
singing along with the Chelsea fans at the weekend, which I was unaware of at the time. Mm. But only if those in the whole team, I think I spoke to a few in the old team, said, it, yeah, it did happen. And a lot, a lot of fans walk, walked out because of it, singing, yeah, sacked in the morning. I want to hear that forward at the home manager who's trying everything at the moment. So, so yeah, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't had a go at the fans, not at all. It's quite the opposite. He's trying to galvanise them. He said the players are with him. Everyone's aligned. They're desperate to turn things around. And he made a point to that. He's desperate to get that result. And it, it could snowball into two, three wins. You don't know. So, yeah, it's, it's like I say, words are cheap, aren't they? Gerald, Gerald's very, very good value in the press conferences on a professional point of view. But, it's all, yeah, let's talk more action. Can we see it now? Can we get the goals? Can we, can we get a win? Desperate for it. So, um, Gerald's desperate to turn them fortunes around and, and send them travelling Villa fans home tomorrow, happy, back back, back up to Brum. So, yeah, fingers crossed, mate. It's, it's, it's on the north, like you say. It's a big, big game tomorrow. I'm down there with John, so I've got, I've got my support. <laughs> and um, yeah, could be a, could be a busy one. We'll see. Yeah, get your therapist for the for the journey back to to talk through any issues. Um, uh-huh. We'll talk about the Fulham game specifically in a minute in terms of predictions and lineups and stuff like that. But you just said there about kind of talk being cheap and we need to see action. What did you make of the Chelsea game quickly? We said in our post match show, kind of similar, not in the in the score line, but similar to the Tottenham game last year where we played well in the first half, didn't take our chances and Spurs kicked it up in, a, in the second gear into in second gear in the second half and blew, blew us away. Chelsea wasn't quite that level of, of being blown away because I actually thought we were we were better than them for most of the game but still that thing persists of large periods of the play where you think I'm not really still quite sure what we're doing. It, it's slow, it's pedestrian, it's passing backwards but we did make chances and we said a million times, the old cliche, on another day we do win. Or, or score a couple of goals there and get a point out of it. Um, what did you make of it? Because that was the first game, I think, in this mini run where you thought, actually, we've made chances there and we probably should have scored. Yeah. Leeds as well, I thought. Watkins yeah. missed a few at Leeds. Yeah. Cutting at straws, so they're down to 10 men. But the Chelsea game, I was probably too harsh in my ratings. I followed straight away. I was probably too emotional at the time, thinking, lost again, did nothing after my, my Mount scored that second. Need mm. more. Can't just kill the game after 65 minutes and not give anything to shout about because I, I didn't see it. I can't remember anything after Mount, Mount Second. I really Agreed. can't. Yeah. Um, I can't. So uh, the game finished then and you got half hour left. We were at home. I think just the, the confidence and and uh, the belief just zapped out of Villa when that free kick went in. So um, looking back at it, Villa's best performance of the season, I'd say, um, in that first half, especially first hour. Again, people are saying, stop saying it's the first hour. You play for 90 minutes. But Kepper had his best game ever, ever. <laughs> um, and that, that then two saves, the Ings one and the Ramsey one, not many keepers saved them. They, they're flying in, then the crowd's up. Chelsea looked suspect at the back at that time anyway. Potter made them changes at half-time, which helped them, because Bailey was getting getting the better at Cucurella down that one side. And Villa looked Villa looked a threat, but again, no goals. And when it rounds, it pours, I guess. And yeah, it's, it's a sign of... It's not a good sign, is it, really, when you're pepping the goal and you're not scoring and you're making mistakes. The keeper's having worldies. You can't win a game of football, so... I saw a start, actually, on that for, for Brighton, funny enough, after their game last night, and they've had something like 50 shots across three <laughs> games and not scored, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> we think it's bad. Not just us, then. <laughs> yeah, but, not um... just us. But I think we said, again, after the game, so I'm repeating myself here, that that... You know, losing at home to Chelsea isn't something that is defining our season or Stephen Gerrard's future because Chelsea are a far more established side than us. They've got the quality you expect. You know, even if we're on decent form, you still say Chelsea at home is a difficult game. 
I think if that same performance with us being unlucky or not finishing chances or whatever was against Fulham or Forest or something, you kind of go, oh, we're at home there. We we need to do better. This this game now, isn't it? And, and the Brentford one where you think if if the similar kind of thing happens again, we might play semi-decent for 45 minutes, but still lose. You would kind of have to think, can that go on for much longer? Yeah, it's the, we're playing the third promoted club now tomorrow against Fulham. Yeah, yeah. got battered at Bournemouth. Rude awakening down there. Gerard and the club. I think Perslow spoke to fans about that Bournemouth game. <laughs> Shocker. And Gerard spoke about the first five or six games. The data he had. Villa were miles off it, and, mm. and he, that's been noted. Um, the, the, the number, the running numbers were nowhere near good enough. And he, he says since then, I don't know what the sixth game was now. There's been a bit, bit of an upturn. I think it was Man City, wasn't it? it was the first game go. that we'd outrun our opponent, and we've been yeah. arguably be, better since the Man City game. It'd be from that then. It'd be from that. Whereas the game before that, Villa were miles off the Palace. Played shocking down Palace mm. as well, as well as Bournemouth. Everton was lucky in the end. They came on strong. Um, yeah, the Man City one since then. There's been an upturn in, in, in performances. I know Southampton wasn't great, got the win though. Um, Leeds, Leeds and Forest weren't great, but we never looked like losing them games. So, mm. clinging on, aren't we? Really, we're clinging on. We just need it to need it to click. And can we take it out on Fulham tomorrow? Can can, can we have a bit of luck for once? And who knows, two, three, three or two, two or three goals could fly in. We don't know, but um, that's what you just wait, wait, wait for it. To click and how long can you say that? But I'm hoping it oh, turns. It, it's I think it's two games, isn't it? Is how long exactly. you can say it for? If if you don't get four points, probably from yeah. these next two, yeah. You know, I think it was the other way around because you'd normally say draw away, win at home. Whether it's a draw tomorrow, I'd still be thinking, oh, is that quite yeah. good enough? But if you do beat Brentford, you go right four points from that two. It's it's decent enough. Yeah. So if you beat Fulham tomorrow, and then even if you get a draw at home against Brentford, you still say right, it's four points. It's that's okay. We can kind of move forward with that. So this kind of how long can we keep not making excuses, but how long can we keep making excuses and saying, well, it's almost there, it's almost there. I think it's two games. Is how is how much longer we have to say that for? Yeah. This is an anti Gerard thing or an anti whoever. It's not even an anti the manager thing. It's just I just want Villa to win games. I don't, I don't yeah. I want us to lose games for for the sake of someone's job, and I don't want to talk about Stephen Gerald losing his job until it happens, really, because he's asked the manager until until he isn't. So I'm not happy with anything at the moment, really. But if we win the next two, that does change and fortunes change. And, and it's about confidence and belief, which is something that Gerald's talked about. So you know, yeah. he's still saying that, that they've got that and he believes that he's the, you know, the right guy to turn it around. And this was a quote from today. I'm here to fight every single minute of every day and I've got every belief and confidence in myself that I can change this situation. Now, I don't know whether I've got the same belief and confidence in Stephen Gerrard to, to change the situation based on results I've seen so far this season yeah. and in the well, calendar year, but win the next two. And I'd go, yeah, go out there and say you feel confident and that you believe in yourself because you backed it with two wins. So I want to be supporting. I want to be on Gerrard's side and I want Villa to win. But at the moment, I'm not, as I just said, I'm not convinced that things will turn. But it's like you said, it's a massive, massive game tomorrow and must win. Would you go as far as must win or would you take a point? I would, yeah. I would go must win. I'll go must win. I don't think a draw, I don't think the fans, they're already not, not really onside at the moment anyway. I don't think the fans will take a draw against a newly promoted club, taking two points from possible nine against Bournemouth, Forest and Fulham. Yeah. I think it is must win territory. You've got three weeks until the World Cup break. That's narrowing now. Three weeks until then. You've got six, so that's a big period, as we know. Can Gerard, can Gerard get to that, that spell? After showing a bit of form, can he get some points on the board before then? 
which will eat, ease things and, and and that. But yeah, a lot of fans have turned already. We know that. We'll address yeah, that. Well, that's that's the elephant in the room at the moment. We've seen the big reports regarding a certain Argentinian manager as well from the Telegraph. So everyone's aware of the situation. Um, and yeah, proofed in the pudding. I tend to say that every week now, but it is. And last week um, against Chelsea, you saw signs, didn't you? They come out, come out pretty well. The signs there, Villa have improved, and they had that belief before. Obviously, they had a leg up as well. Ming's doing that, um, and then that free kick was strange as well. So, so yeah, on tomorrow, massive, massive game. Yeah, we'll touch on the Pochettino stuff in a, in a sec. I just want to get the presser stuff out of the way with the with the injury update. Um, Obviously, as you just mentioned, Cameron Archer, which I yeah, quite like that, that bit of bit of banter back to go. Look, he's available, by the way. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about him in our particular 11 later on the, down the line. But can you just round up the injury update that Gerald gave you to our audience? <laughs> yes, so Archer's, Archer's back. It was a sickness bug last week. I thought it was a groin injury because Gerard, the previous week, Gerard said he's struggling with the groin injury. He has been for a while. He might need surgery. And he mentioned about we'll, 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 he'll be in the squad for the Chelsea game. But we'll have to sort his groin issue out later down the line, probably in the World Cup break and have, a, have an up then. But he was he was ill last week, had a sickness bug for the Chelsea game. Um, so he's back, yeah. And Gerard said it's big to have him back. He's made a point, actually, Gerard, about having Archer around, saying the only bit, the only, the only thing that's missing at the moment is putting the ball in the net. And I think the vibe from Gerard, maybe Archer's had a good week training, you know, in front of goal. Maybe, mm. maybe he's thinking it's massive to, massive to have him back. Giving Villa shortcomings up front and in that little final third at the moment, so maybe we could see Archer half an hour, maybe start. Doubt it, but um, we could see much more of Archer tomorrow than, than we usually do. He usually gets the odd five ten minutes than he max, but I think we could see a bit more from him. Mm. Had a little decent cameo at Forest, I thought. Did he get fifteen that, minutes at Forest or twenty minutes? Yeah, look bright apart from that head out, which is down to confidence. Uh, and Archer who's playing regularly probably buries that head at the far post. Do you know mm. what I mean? So, um, yeah, pleased to have Archer back. Um, Luca Dean, big, big positive about him, left back. He could be available for Newcastle next week, is the talk. They're going to monitor him closely. He's out of his protective boot now. His heel ankle area and his right, right heel and ankle. But Gerard says St. James is part next week. It's next year, 29th. Luca Dean could be back involved in the squad then. So, he's got a pretty um, good recovery. Luca Dean, he was out before with a Broken collarbone, I think he had. He yeah, was back in a couple quickly, of weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's got. Yes. Surprising, surprising that one because I saw the quote about him, you know, doing some running on yeah. a, a you know weightless anti gravity machine or whatever. So I thought, well, if he's doing that to come back and be in the squad ten days later, he's quite yeah, a turnaround. So I don't know whether he'd be quite fit for that, but back sooner than we expected still. Because I yes, think some might have thought it'd be much close to the World Cup break or even not seeing him before the World Cup break at all. Mm-hmm. So even if he's back for the game after Newcastle, whoever that is, I don't know off the top of my head, Man United. Man U, yeah, double header. Yeah. Even if he's back for one of those games against United, that'd be a, a good start. Actually, Young's doing well at left back, to be fair. So maybe, maybe Luca Dean doesn't get back in anyway. First name on the team sheet, Youngie. Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, right, is that all for the injuries? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, as you were, really. Augustinson, hamstring injury, still out for, for still out. Still out. Uh, and the ones we know about, yeah, Kamara. Hoping for that Boxing Day for Kamara to be after the World Cup for him. And Diego Carlos, yeah, what, like we mentioned last week, could be January, you know. Should his rehab continue? I've seen, I've seen him walking last week, wasn't it? He's having a little walk. So he's out, out of his boot now as well. But the Achilles are a, are a dodgy injury. Jed Steers, had, Jed, I think Jed Steers had the same injury as Carlos, and he's been out for seven months. So, and Jed's edging towards being back in November. So, eight months, that'd be nine months. So, we'll see with Diego. It'd be good to have him back sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tyron Mingy's okay as well after rolling his ankle. Okay, good. Right. Let's go away from match day briefly and talk about Mauricio Pochettino a little bit. Now, I don't want to go on this for more than I'm going to ask you one question, basically, and we're going to move on. Because I don't want to, I don't really want to talk about it because Stephen Gerrard is still asking for the manager. So I don't want to talk about Stephen Gerrard losing his job, like I said earlier, until he has lost it. And then it is a case of, right, in the same position Wolves are, you know, who is going to be the next guy? And all these options come up and all these talking points come up. Villa haven't got to that stage yet, so I don't really want to give too much airtime to Mauricio Pochettino, but it did come through Telegraph that Villa would make an ambitious move for him. I think the phrase was, if Stephen Gerrard was to lose his job. First of all, I didn't really like that, an ambitious move. Aston Villa, we've got wealthy owners, we can spend big if we want to, we want to get back into Europe, we should be able to go, obviously we're not going to have to go after Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp, but we should be able to go after most managers and say, here's a hefty salary for you, here's a transfer budget come to us. I don't really like that phrase ambitious because Villa should be able to do that if they want to. Um, but yeah, Pochettino, I don't even know what to talk about. My, my social media feed and Twitter and Facebook is full of it. Gerard out, Pochettino in. If he's available, do it now. Get him in for the World Cup, blah, 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 blah. Is it feasible? Is this just come from an opinion piece? Is it, is it fact? Is it, what do you, how do you assess the, the news of the last 48 hours, basically? From my end, from my, my source at the club, it's pure speculation. That's all it is. I think I think uh, the Telegraph today that put out done an opinion piece. Matt Law, big Villa fan, Matt got a lot of respect for Matt. Look up to Matt as, from a professional point of view. He's done an opinion piece on, on why he should he should perhaps get the job. Should Gerard move on? So um, it's just yeah. From my end, from the club's end, it's pure speculation. Nothing more. Nothing less. He's a manager available at the moment, as we know. He's not not with the club. Uh, he's a sexy name, isn't he? Um, he's, yeah, he's linked with every vacancy that's going in, in terms of big clubs in Europe. So it's just people are putting two and two together. Villa are ambitious. The owners will throw money at a, a new manager should, should they feel, feel the need to do that because they want to accelerate where they want to get to European football. They want Villa to be in a good place by the time the, the North Stand development gets, gets around and they really want to build it. And if it's doom and gloom for so long as it has been, Villa fans aren't happy at the moment. I can see why. Results haven't been good enough. It's not a good watch at the moment. Oh, you're it, a fan yeah. as well. I'm a fan. We're I'm not a happy. fan as well. Yeah. <laughs> of course, why would you be happy with 16th, exactly. 17th in the league? There you go. He's happy with the position and neither is Stephen Gerrard and, and the he's players. He's not, no. They're not going to be sat there no. going, oh, you know what? We're doing all right, yeah. I know it's no. nowhere near good enough because the internal targets and the stuff we heard through Perslow and McGinn on TalkSport is always the one that I think of. And there's other players as well talking about Champions League football and European football and breaking into the top eight this season. And it's all like, oh, we're miles away and this is the expectation the club 
gave us externally to fans. So I'm judging them against what they told us. This isn't us being, you know, yeah. pie in the sky, hairy fairy. Oh, here we go. Aston Villa should be in the top four. As my my you know my biased opinion. This is the things the club were saying in the summer. Yeah. So I'm judging them against that. And we're yeah. nowhere near it. So they won't be happy and neither should we be. And there won't be anybody watching this or has been watching our stuff this year who is happy with where we are because that's outrageous. Yeah, I see that's but, actually young in the Times. He, he mentioned European probably this yeah. season. I don't know if it was misquoted, but yeah, miles off it. Yeah, exactly. So again, if that is the target internally and we're nowhere near it, you you know that's it'd be no surprise if Stephen Gerrard is sacked for that. Um, I just said hairy fairy apparently instead of hairy fairy. My apologies. I would be a hairy fairy though if I was a fairy. Anyway, um, but Pochettino is like you said, it is a sexy name. It's an experienced manager rather than a rookie manager in Gerrard. So to, you know, if Gerrard was to be sacked, Pochettino would be a name that many fans will go. Well, he got Spurs for Champions League final. Did a great job there. He would be a good fit for Villa to try and get back into the top eight. But as of Wednesday afternoon, as we record this before the Fulham game, Gerard is the manager and that doesn't look like it's going to change in the immediate future, i.e. in the next 24 hours, unless Villa lose 10-0 to Fulham tomorrow night, in which case, yeah, of course, sack him and change it. So I don't really want to talk about it more than what we just have. Is that fair? Yeah, pure speculation. Nothing more, nothing less. Okay. Right. Predicted 11 then. I've made a graphic this week, so I'll flash it up in a second for you to talk through, as always. I, I should, predict 11, this is what you think Gerald will do, correct? No big surprises, yeah. I think I, th- I think he's seen enough last week. Okay, right. I'll flash it up then. You talk us through it. Yeah, unchanged. Okay. Same. <laughs> <laughs> same again. I think he'll go same again. 4-3-3, more flat. Watkins out on the left again. Um, I think he might, he might persevere with Danny Ings. Mm. I'd like to see something different, maybe. McGinn coming out and Dundonka thrown in there. But I think he'll stick. I think he'll say, go on, lads. We battered Chelsea in that first half. We, should, we, we, were, we was on top. And uh, he mentioned that in his post-match last week as well. If, if that, that, that's any any other, anyone other than Chelsea or any, any of the big hitters, if that was a Fulham, we'd be, we're on top. We're scoring goals against them. So mm. I think he'll stick. What about you? I think he'll stick? Yeah, I mean... Just back at you there, Sam McGinn dropping out. Coutinho, central midfield. He played that when he came on, didn't he? When we had that kind of mismatched end of the, end of the game, throw everything out of it. Possibly. He might turn to Phil. Um, he was asked about Coutinho today. He said he's, he agreed. He's, the stats and the numbers he's, he's getting on Coutinho when he starts, he's not, he's not been in the best place. He's pushing, he's trying. Just needs that little bit of luck. You don't lose talent class. He blew the roof off when he first come. Confidence can change quickly. Mm. Those are Gerard's quotes on Coutinho. Fulham are quite physically in that middle of the park. I can't see him throwing Coutinho in there. Um, At all. Not even as a left winger or a number 10. You just that's the only one, really. Would you shuffle? No, I don't think, I can't, I can't see him shuffling Watkins inside. I think I think, he, I think, I think if you quite like Watkins. The, if you drop him for the Chelsea game to play Watkins left because you think that's the better system and that it didn't work against Chelsea because we didn't score, but it was probably our most potent game we've had in terms of creating chances so to then go against Fulham who are more physical and we're going to be in a bit of a battle to then bring Coutinho back in would make me question Gerard's thinking there so I don't imagine Coutinho comes back in if you're asking me what what I would do I would like to see again talked about it before I like the idea of changes just not for changes sake but for in terms of freshness Tendonka potentially getting a start in there just to change field three because it's not working Buendia I would like I spoke to Pat about this a little bit earlier. I would do the same. I'd keep Watkins on the left and I'd have Ings up front. 
I'd like Buendia in there, but Bailey was probably his, his best game for us. Other day, so to drop was, him yeah. would be going against the kind of ethos of you've got to play your informed players, and how are they ever going to get in form if you keep bringing them in and out? So Bailey probably has to start again. Although I don't think he was like amazing or anything, but it's probably one of his better games. What yeah. you'd expect from a thirty million odd pound player did did enough to make me go, yeah, all right, good enough. So that would go against kind of that, like I said, that ethos of of keep giving players a run when they need it. So. Bailey probably plays, so Brendia probably not, though I would like to see it. Um, again, Archer is is the one. I don't think he starts. Uh, again, no. I spoke to Pat about this, and I'll put the question he asked me to you in a sec. I, I think we'll see more of Archer than we have before. If it's nil-nil at half-time, for example, and Dannings isn't working, or Watkins out wide isn't working, I think you then go, right, Archer's available, he's fit, give him a half. Just give him a half to see what he's got a proper 45 minutes of football at least and there will be fans in the comments saying that, that Archer should be starting but I think Ings did enough again to 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 stay stay the system we played against Chelsea um, the comment or the question that Pat said to me <clears throat> about Archer is he, is he rec- Pat said he reckons Archer might start just for like a a boost to the fans kind of thing because that would like, win Gerard win Gerard some some favour a little bit to go that the fans are calling for it. A bit of a radical change. Throw Archer in for his first start away from home, get the away fans buzzing kind of thing. What would you make of that if that was the case? Very bold. I'd like it. I think the fans would like it. Um, it's, it's, yeah, there's a quote before. So I think some managers said it before. The, the, young kids, the, the, the kids and the young kids can get you out of trouble. As a manager, um, so maybe maybe Archer's the one to to get to save his job, yeah. kind of thing. So maybe. it could happen, yeah. Won't be won't be against it at all. I've seen glimpses of um, Archer against Forest that I liked. He looks sharp, quick, and and yeah, won't be against it at all. It would be it would be a bold move. Let's not get around that. It would really would for him to start a game. Maybe I'd see maybe more given half an hour, but won't be against it, Dan. Not at all. Mm, I think for the specifically the reasons Pat mentioned about it kind of giving a buzz to the away fans and giving kind of win back a little bit of support from them. I think if that was the reason it was done and you would never find out if that was the case, I would look at that as like weak management to go, oh, I'm under pressure here. Just throw, throw a fan favourite in there, see what they can do. You know, kind of throwing a young kid under the bus potentially. I'd go, that's, that's odd. Um, I think we'll see more of him than we've seen before. Half an hour, 40 minutes maybe if, we, if we're struggling. I mean, if we were 1-0 down at half time, Make the change. You got. You'll have to do something. Um, but yeah, I don't know at this point. I think Watkins, Archer, uh, Watkins, Ings, Bailey. Sorry, have done enough without scoring against Chelsea to be the same three that picked again. Same system, same style. Uh, the midfield three will probably with it. Uh, probably will be on change. You're right. But I think you know Dendonka from again potentially. Wendy for Bailey, although that would be harsh. Again, I could I could see it. Um, but I think it probably will be. Un- unchanged um, should we finish with predictions or have you got anything else for the 11 no, no nothing yet predictions yeah okay. predictions then again spoke to Pat earlier so I'll get his out of the way first of all he said 8-0 Fulham to jinx it and then said no actually I'll be serious a 2-0 win for Villa um, in terms of the predictions from the last uh, the last round that we did you got it spot on again correct result 2-0 Chelsea yeah. you went for. We all said we'd yeah. lose, um, so we all get a point for that. But you got the, the, the score correct, bang on, and you go into the lead of our little mini league of predictions as well now. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, so your wisdom 
your foresight, your crystal ball. Score prediction for Thursday night, please. 1-0, Cameron Archer, last minute. <laughs> Love that. Raptures in the way end. Yeah. Raptures in the press box. In the Ooh. press box as well. You Come on. Cameron Archer show. No, no raptures in there. I've got the, the fly ratings to do quick and change my report. Pulling the air out. No. Oh. Um, 1-0, I think. 1-0. Maybe a maybe a, a Toro Mings goal or something set piece goal maybe fancy one nil. We'll score from a set piece if it's Douglas Louise direct. There's somebody that asked earlier. Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to find it. They were saying like if we win, and we talked earlier about it being a must win. If we won, but it was like a bad win, is that still good enough? It's like almost like the Southampton game, really boring, scrappy. Probably enough, didn't yeah. deserve it. Would that still be okay? It would be one nil, yeah. but we didn't deserve it at all. It would be. Yeah. I think it would be. I think points wise, where would that put us, Dan? Table wise, would we leap a few? I think we go to something like twelfth with a win. I think we go level on points with Fulham, but we'd have to beat them like two or three nil to go above them, if I remember that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Two. You have to beat. Yeah. Fulham two nil okay. to go above them. So yeah, thirteenth. We'd probably head into. Then you're going to Brentford at home. Tough game, that one Sunday. Mm. Yeah, it's all he's but some maybes, but a win, a, win, a win's everything for us. We're desperate. Just want to win a game. If it's, that Southampton one feels like ages ago now, mm. doesn't it? It feels a long, long time ago since we last tasted victory. So, yeah, big old day down the smoke tomorrow. I'm getting the train down. I'll get half 11, the last train is from Houston. I should make that, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully uh, um, it's a pretty straightforward straightforward one so we'll see All right, a few predictions from the uh, the chat before I do mine 3-1 three Villa goals, from Dave 3, three goals <laughs> from Villa yeah don't see that happening uh, David 1-1 yeah. then Potch completes his move early November uh, Steve 1-1 one, one. Uh, AJ we won't win nice profile picture there from AJ though. nice line I like that Glacier Comics, another good profile picture of a walrus 0-0 uh, nil, nil. John Tuff 2-0 Fulham oh John uh, come on John kick the five Ian Slater one all. AJ one all at best. Uh, Jason one all. A lot of one alls here. One all. Two nil Fulham for Marine Boy. Oh, come on, Marine, come on, Marine Boy. Um, yeah, that's all of it for the score predictions. I'm going to go with you. Oh, here's another couple. One one I reckon from Dane with a home win on Sunday. I probably would take Ooh. that to be honest. But I think again, like I said before, if that was the other way around, it was a win then a draw. I think that would be better to get another draw here against a side that have just been promoted. And like you said, two points and nine available against three of the three of the promoted sides. Even if you won Sunday, you just have to get through Friday and Saturday with, again, that kind of level of, God, only a draw against Fulham. So I think if it was the other way around, it would be different. 2-0 uh, Villa and a 2-1 Villa. Uh, Go on, right, score coming in now. 3-1 Villa. So there's some positive ones in a I row. want some goal scorers. Come on. Yeah, I want some goals. I want some goals, man. I don't care who they are or what it is. I'm just sick of seeing like the every every goal scorer we've got is on one. Like, give us a bit of a trick or something. The top scorers up for grabs. Ashley Young's yeah, in there. Yeah, exactly, Douglas is exactly. in there. The 49 for it. Get Come our on. top scorer up there. Um, so you said, what did you say? 1-0? One 1-0 nil. One nil Villa. 1-0 nil, Villa. Uh, nice and easy. take a draw, but I'm going to go with the win as well. Oh, yeah. You got your Clarence Blue specs on again. Come on. Take them off. Clarence Blue specs on and my Clarence Blue jacket. 2 1, I'll go for 2 1 Villa. Um, I might concede first and fight back to win, which doesn't sound like us at all, but just give my prediction a bit of an edge there. Um, <laughs> a couple of, couple of shouts for, for goal scorers, like you just asked for. 3 uh, 3, Ings hat trick. I would take the Ings hat trick, but not the 3 3. Uh, Danny Ings to score from Ian. He's Ming doing scores. Ings. 
Ming scores mm-hmm. two in a one-one draw. Yes, yeah, I can see that. You can see that, can't you? Oh, hopefully not for his sake. <laughs> uh, two for Martinez. Martinez with both the goals from Andy <laughs> and Steve. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's enough nonsense. Getting silly now. Come on. Next, they'll be yeah. saying the, the canvas screamer. Yeah. Two-one. Watkins to, to get a couple of goals. Why not? Get our top goal scorer to three and a bit of confidence while he Watkins off the left-hand side. Um, but that does us, I think, for this match preview. Ash, thanks thanks very much for your time, as always, and enjoy your train journey to and fro, to and fro from London tomorrow. I don't imagine that's going to be easy on a Thursday night, but enjoy. Uh, is John on the train with you as well? He has, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Buddies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you do anything on the train, by the way? You take like, a I try and get a truck or some food or... Trying not really chill out on the way down usually. Um, it's coming back. I think the, the, the pre Brentford press conference is after the game, so they're doing it after the full game. Yeah, so we'll have loads of typings up to it on the way back. It's a good chance to do some work on the way back, as opposed to I'll be, I'll be in the car usually mm. on the motorway. I'm usually coming home at what 12, 1 o'clock, and then I'm, I'm typing up till 2 3 sometimes with the midweek one, so it can be quite brutal. So, yeah, I'll get, get a chance to relax on the train. The driving can take it out, yeah. So Mm. Train's always a winner when you're down in London, and um, and yeah, I've got, got a bit of company with John, John with me tomorrow, and uh, it should be a good one. Here we go. Mm. I just want suggestions in the comments now for things you and John can do on the way down, like play Scrabble or deck of cards or play. Get some beers for the way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pack a four for the way back. Enjoy yourself, why not? That's it. Um, thanks everyone for watching and all the comments as well and all the score prediction stuff. It's been a, a good laugh, a nice bit of a, a bit of positivity towards the end there with a, in a bit of a hole. Have a laugh, can't we, Dan? Yeah, of course we can. That's what this podcast has is, is always been about. Um, as much as we all take it seriously, I want to try and be have, have a bit of fun as well. So, yeah. yeah, we'll call it a day there before this fly goes in my mouth or something. Um, me and Matt are doing the post-match show tomorrow night straight after full time um, obviously it's on Amazon Prime for those that don't know I think there's an Amazon Prime free trial as well so you should be able to to, to get hold of that and watch the game if you don't have Amazon anyway yeah. um, so we'll jump on 15 minutes after full time or something and, and have a chat about hopefully a big three points for Villa because if it isn't that might not be a great show um, yeah. but we'll do our best to get through it uh, Ash, thanks for your time. As always, like I said, thanks everyone for watching along. We'll see you again uh, Thursday evening. Um, yeah, cheers and up the villa. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.